It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got Garrett Ma joining me on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. Excited to have him on. Why? Because he's a receiver. I'm a receiver, love former receiver, but he's a Minnesota Viking from the state of Minnesota that went on to UND, and now he has a chance. And he talks about his workout, who was there, and what he does differently than every other receiver on this team. But also, coaches that make the playoffs their rookie year haven't made it back. Three half. They all have something in common with Kevin O'Connell, and we'll talk about that next on The Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now The Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Minnesota. We just want you to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. But you can visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more. Remember, the NBA Finals is still going. There's a lot of great opportunities out there. You don't just have to bet on just the money line. Try out the parlays. It worked for me. It doesn't always work, but it did work for me. Also, the money line. If you feel like the Miami Heat are going to get this one at home, Put some money down to the Miami Heat. That three and a half points is sneaky because the Miami Heat did beat the Nuggets 111 to 108. So Vegas is up to something. But you choose. Do you think the Nuggets can keep it close within one? If so, bet on the Nuggets to cover. But again, I'm Ron Johnson. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. And uh, we have a loaded show today. We got Garrett Mogg joining us, uh, former UND grad, now Minnesota Viking. He said he had some workouts and Minnesota just fit. But we're going to talk to him a little bit later as we caught up with him earlier this week. But I got to bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom. And Sam, you you kind of posed the question. And mm-hmm. you posed the question to me about NFL coaches and making it to the playoffs in their first year and then going back. What article did you read and what coaches made it their first year and were able to actually sustain and make it their next year? What coaches didn't? Because I, I have a little bit of an idea of what happened there. Yeah, so we like to read Bill Barnwell on this show. He's got a lot of good stuff, and he seems to write about the Vikings quite a bit. So he wrote, again, about whether the Vikings and the Giants can repeat their success this year. Remember, they both had new coaches, Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell. They both made the playoffs. Obviously, the Giants beat the Vikings in the playoffs. But he wrote about how a lot of rookie coaches who succeed make the playoffs, a lot of them never get back. It's a flash in the pan. Uh, It's kind of an anomaly. And he highlighted names like Chip Kelly, Mike McCoy, Adam Gase, Ben McAdoo, Frank Reich, Matt Nagy, uh, Kevin Stefanski. What do they all have in common, Ron? They made the playoffs their first year, and then they never ended up winning a playoff game as the head coach of those teams. Uh, The three that have, the three that actually went on to have success, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, and Nick Sirianni. A couple of those guys have uh, either been in the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur has been really close to the Super Bowl. So 
it seems to be, Ron, the exception, not the norm, that a rookie head coach who's, who seems to be really good actually turns out to have a successful career. So how does KOC avoid that? How does KOC keep the train going? Well, I think it's about, one, the voice. So in the first year, it, it's not surprising that those coaches were able to make it to the uh, playoffs. Why? It's a new voice. Clearly, the team was pretty good. Like, the team was already set. There's just a voice that changed. We know what the Minnesota Vikings, it became the word culture. The culture had changed. Uh, P.J. Fleck uses that word culture a lot and building the culture and making sure it's sustainable. Well, that's where I think the, the, the rubber meets the road. When you come in and you change the culture, one, you are a different voice. Uh, you are going to talk positivity of winning. You are going to maybe do some nicer things because you're new and you want everybody to love you. And you're the new coach and you don't want to be the bad guy. You can't come in. You know, that's that's like dad coming home from work, haven't seen the kids all day. You can't come in and just be the bad guy. You can't say, put this away, put that away. Why are you doing this? No, you walk in and you're nice and you're talking to the kids and you're trying to figure out what's going on and you want to get a feel for how the house has been. Well then, and you know this, Sam, you're a parent. After a couple hours, that wears off because it's time for bedtime. And you're like, man, go to bed, like chill out. And so I think it's about the culture you set. And so when those coaches come in, they're like a parent, you know, they come in and they want everybody to like them and they want to get the team together and they want to create, here's what our culture is about. The next step is, is sustainable. What is your culture built on? Is it built on sand? Meaning the minute a storm happens, it's going to wash away. Or is it built on concrete? There's a parable in the Bible about this. Is it built on concrete? So when storms happen, here's our culture. You know, I look at PJ Fleck and I hate to go back to that. I know that, but you know, we're in Minnesota. Come on now. And for those nationally, P.J. Fleck is, I mean, he has some great words out there uh, to kind of help. But when you look at his storms, when you talk about issues, problems, kids transferring, kids leaving, uh, bad articles about P.J. Fleck in the program, they're like, look, we know our culture. We know what we're about. Some people can't handle it. And so I think for these new coaches coming to the NFL, they set this culture. The players love them. They want to play for them right away. Boom, we're in the playoffs. Well, then that next year, what does that look like? Have you done the necessary steps in the offseason that every coach has to do? Bring in the talent you needed to win the next year. Uh, make sure you sign your guy. And this is not just the coach. It's the GM, too. Are you signing the guys uh, necessary to, to kind of build on to what you had success from the year before? If I were a betting man, um, I, I look at the names you said that, that succeeded. Matt LaFleur, Nick Sirianni, so on and so forth. What do they have in common with Kevin O'Connell where they're young? They have a great game plan. Uh, they get along with the players pretty well. Not to say those other guys didn't, but I even go way back to John Gruden. John Gruden took over for Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy's team never could get over the hump. John Gruden was a new voice, got him over the hump. What happened after that? Nobody really liked John Gruden anymore. Like, it was over. It's like, okay, we won the Super Bowl, great. Honeymoon was over. John Gruden could not sustain what he had built. Now, there's other thing. John Gruden left the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders also made it to the Super Bowl with the new coach that year. And then what happened with them? So I, I just think, you know, oftentimes the new voice comes in, it does help him over the hump. But then is that coach building? Is he trying to continue on what he had? Or was this one of those, let's bring this coach in because we have a Super Bowl-ready team. Let's try to win a Super Bowl. If we don't win it, man, we got to blow this up. And that's what happens too. When you blow it up the next year because you want your guys, it's tough to just get back to the playoffs. And, and so I think that's where Kevin O'Connell maybe sets himself apart. This wasn't a blow-up move. Uh, you have your key pieces. You have your quarterback. You have your receiver. Uh, well, we'll see about running back. You have your offensive line. Uh, you did have to get new DBs, but you have your your pass rusher. 
Um, you did lose a, 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 a captain and a linebacker in Eric Kendricks, but you did bring in some pieces. So where are they going to hurt the most? Probably defensively. I, I mean, let's be honest. I think defensively they're going to probably hurt the most as far as new faces, new starters, Byron Murphy, so on and so forth. Where they going to succeed? Well, that's Kevin O'Connell's bread and butter offense. You got Justin Jefferson, you got KJ Osborne, you got Kirk Cousins, you got the offensive line, you got CJ Ham, uh, you got Alexander Madison. We'll find out later about Dalvin Cook, but I, I think that's going to be the key. And I keep going back to that too. Dalvin Cook, if he is traded to the Dolphins, if I'm the Vikings, I'm trying to get a corner with some with some draft picks. I'm not just going to say, "Here's the money, get rid of them, give me the draft picks." I might try to push for Xavier Howard. Now, I don't think Dal- I don't know if people assume Dalvin Cook's not worth Xavier Howard in a trade. Um, but that's a name I would try to go after, even though the Vikings do have Byron Murphy. They do have what's let I me mean, look at Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. You can have two really good cornerbacks. So uh, it's a far fetched plan. Might not ever work. But that's just my thoughts. I don't know, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, th- there was one thing we never really had to see Kevin O'Connell do last year, and that was handle a crisis. They yep. never lost consecutive games. They yep. They never had a losing streak in his first year. They never had any real off-field drama that I can remember. Um, they didn't have crisis-level injury issues on that team. It was just such an easy road that first year. Everything was so smooth, and that's to his credit. Um, ine- inevitably, stuff's going to go wrong. They're going to have a two- or three-game losing streak that he's going to have mm-hmm. to bring them out of, uh, and we haven't seen him have to really do that yet because they just didn't encounter a lot of adversity that first year. Um, but I think if they can get back to the playoffs this year, that's a great coaching job uh, with the defense that they have right now. It's probably not going to be that great. If he can kind of will this team back to the same place they were last year, I would give him all the props in the world. And and I think he does have kind of the right steady demeanor run to right the ship when it's wobbling. Um, I, I've liked what I've seen from him personality wise so far. So I'm looking forward to, I, I'm not looking forward to when the crisis happens, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles it when it does. Yeah. And, and I think if Dalvin cook is traded, that might be the first, I not say crisis, but first big decision in Kevin O'Connell's era. I think these other ones were just moves that had to happen. Adam Thielen, we already saw that writing in the, in the, in the water a while ago, you know, when Justin Jefferson first came in, people start bringing that up. How much longer can you keep uh, Adam Thielen along with Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson clearly is the, the one, one number, you know, wide receiver one is Adam Thielen going to be okay with being wide receiver number two. I mean, there was a lot of that already in the works. Uh, Daniel Hunter, this conversation with him and his contract has been going on since Mike Zimmer and Spillman. Like, they were trying to work on Daniel Hunter's contract. Uh, Eric Hendricks, same thing. Anthony Barr, that was, you know, before Kevin O'Connell. So we've dealt with those. This Dalvin Cook one is new. So this is the first, you know, kind of like the honeymoon's over with Dalvin Cook. You know, like, it's getting serious now. What what, what do you want to do? Like, is it going to be – and, again, the Dallas Cowboys moved on from Ezekiel Elliott. Would Ezekiel Elliott want to be a Minnesota Viking? Who knows? Because uh, he's going to have to take less money, but maybe he's scorned by the Dallas Cowboys, and he's like, look, I want to go to a team that I know can get to the playoffs and can beat the Dallas Cowboys, which is the Minnesota Vikings. So, again, there's a, there's a lot of stuff at work there. Uh, but, yeah, Dalvin Cook might be the first bit of uh, turmoil Kevin O'Connell's had to face, and so we'll see how he handles it, what happens moving forward. Um, other, and then also Justin Jefferson's contract. You know, that's not a hard one. He's guaranteed, what, $19 million as his uh, whatever he signed. Uh, Fifth-year um, option. Op- the option. Yeah. So – Clearly, the number has to be higher than 19 because he's like, look, I already got 19. What y'all got? Give me 25 a year. 
you know, whatever that looks like, or give me a guaranteed, you know, I'm getting 19 for one in the fifth, but can you give me a guaranteed 20 a year? And maybe that's enough because we talked about Cooper Cup and his team-friendly deal. Give Justin Jefferson a gigantic signing bonus, like $100 million guaranteed up front, something stupid like that that you can push off over whatever, seven years. It's guaranteed, bro. Like, that's that's what I hope players understand. Just because you don't get it in your first five, it's guaranteed. You're going to get it. So if you have $20 million now, you'll be fine getting 20 and 20 and 20 for seven years. Even if you're not on the team anymore, that's your money. It's guaranteed. They can't take it from you. Um, so, you know, we'll see how Kevin O'Connell handles those things. But I think when it comes to the playoffs, um, the, the biggest thing that's going to matter most is these close games. The Vikings can't end up in a bunch of close games. It also is going to d- reflect on the NFC North. Like if the NFC North is really competitive, um, that's going to be a problem. You know, if all these teams are nine wins, you know, towards the end, uh, that could be trouble. And I know Adam Rank, you know, he went on and talked about his Bears going 12-5. and five. I don't know if you saw the tweet, Sam, yesterday, but Adam Rank did tweet me back. Um, oh, nice. I just tweeted uh, above the Locked On Sports uh, show yesterday and just saying, this 12-5 and five ranking by the Bears, uh, Adam Rank makes me feel like he's been hanging out with Spice Adams too much. And I was like, we got to get him on the show and connect. And so then he commented and tweeted and said, let's do it, I'm in. So we're going to work on getting Adam Rank on the show as well to uh, let him – because, again, I, at the end of the year, if the Bears win 11 games, they only have to win 11. I will do a testimony Tuesday. I will testify and say I'm sorry to Adam Rank. <laughs> um, I did, as I went through the schedule with you, I did kind of say, like, man, like he's, he's not too far off because I do feel like they can win some of those games. And so, again, if the Bears find a way to win 10, can the Vikings – you know, like, what does that 10 mean? Does that mean they have to win every other one other than the Vikings games? Um because I'm guaranteeing in, in that thought process, they're thinking, look, we can split with the Vikings. We can split with the Lions. We can double down on the Packers. And that's, you know, one, two, four wins there. So that's four wins that a lot of other people aren't giving them credit for. People don't think the Lions, you know, they can beat the Lions. Uh, Lions-Vikings, what's that going to look like this year? I think everybody's got to say the Packers are the bottom of the barrel. That's just personally how I feel. I don't care what Romeo Dubs says. I don't know if you saw that. Romeo Dubs just said Jordan Love uh, is just as – not just as good, sorry, but feels like he can do some of the same things Aaron Rodgers can do. Hmm. So sounds like Devontae Adams saying that Derek Carr could do Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's it's just what you do now. As a receiver, when you lose Aaron Rodgers, you try to make your next quarterback feel good. Uh, but all that's going to be predicated on, you know, Kevin O'Connell's going back to the playoff. It's predicated on all that. So there's a lot of factors involved in this. Uh, could be a dumpster fire in the NFC North where the Vikings just win it with 11 or 10 games and we become the NFC East years ago where the uh, Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys sucked uh, and the Washington Commanders. But it could be a really competitive league where three Bears, Lions, Vikings are up there, and the Packers are somewhere that we're trying to figure out. They won, they win three games, and they get a top, you know, top five pick that Aaron Rodgers had been hoping for for years and never could get. Um, but I'm Ron Johnson. I say I'm extra. Uh, coming up next, we got Garrett Mogg joining us. Vikings receiver, the hanging Ron Johnson. We caught up, we caught up with him earlier this week after one of his practices. Uh, great kid. He is going to do some things at 6'4", 210 pounds that no other Vikings receiver can do. But let him tell you what he's going to do differently. Uh, But we have a word from our sponsors. Yep, we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook partner of Locked On, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And you can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals. Ron told you about the line. The Heat have been favored by, or sorry, the Nuggets have been favored by about two and a half, three and a half, fluctuating there at FanDuel. If you're a new customer, you want to get in on the action, 
you can claim a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Yeah, I said it, $2,500. They've got great promotions all the time at FanDuel in addition to that no sweat first bet, uh, boosting the odds or boosting a same game parlay. Uh, deposit match, stuff like that. Safe and secure app, very easy to use, and you get paid instantly when you win. No better place to bet the finals than at America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash locked on, no sweat first bet, up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel, make every moment more. Well, next up on the Hangover Ron Johnson, as I said, uh, got a Viking joining me. And this, this is a Minnesota kid. Uh, from St. Croix Lutheran, uh, went on to UND, and now is a Minnesota Viking. And just like, you know, we had Adam Thielen talk to him earlier this year, uh, or sorry, last year. My, my time's going away, but talk to Adam Thielen. He's another one. This is another guy, hometown guy, uh, that's getting his opportunity, C.J. Ham. Uh, you know, we recently talked to Zach Ojayo as well, another Minnesota guy uh, getting a shot with the Minnesota Vikings. And so Garrett Mogg is just another in a long line with an opportunity. Uh, so we bring him now to the Hanging Around Johnson segment. Uh, Garrett, I want to thank you for joining me, man. And uh, first, I want to jump out there. I saw your post, and that's why I reached out to you. Uh, you're a hometown guy, and you grew up watching the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and now you get a chance. I saw you say that. You get a chance now to go to work for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what was that feeling like when you finally got like that final, like, hey, you're, you're, we're going to sign you to this 90-man roster? Yeah. Um, honestly, it was just kind of surreal um, being – my my favorite team my hometown team and uh watching guys like adam thielen and stefan diggs and justin jefferson play even just a couple of years ago i was just it's very surreal being with with them right now so yeah and you're sitting in the same meeting room where you know stefan diggs adam thielen uh, you know, those guys resided for a while. And then, he, like you said, even said K.J. Osborne, now one of your teammates, uh, yep. your teammates with Justin Jefferson. Uh, is there something going in early that you're like, I want to be able to take this, no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to take this from these guys. And even Keenan McCardell, you know, a lot of players, uh, you're, I mean, I played for the Baltimore Ravens and my receivers coach was David Shaw, went on to be head coach uh, for Stanford. I think he's going to hang it up now and maybe try the NFL or do something else again. Uh, but, you know, having an actual former player of Keenan McCardell's stature be your coach as well. What like what are some things you're planning on? You're putting your little notebook to say this is what I want to make sure I get out of this experience. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just trying to soak it up, soak it all up, um, just learning as much as I can from them because, I mean, they know a lot. And so, and yeah, honestly, just soak everything up from them. And, and looking at you, say because I, I asked you about the C.J. Ham thing and I saw him comment and you said you worked out at ETS. Uh, what, what's that relationship been with like Ryan Engelbert, ETS, Adam Thielen, C.J. Ham? And, uh, and I saw they were super excited for you to get your shot with the Vikings. Yeah. No, that's been that's been awesome, man. I can't thank ETS enough and Ryan Engelbert enough for uh, having me train there. But um, yeah, those connections are huge, and uh, I just I just can't thank ETS enough for that. Yeah, and being a UND guy, when you think about some games, like go back into your game days, college game days, you know, six four, because uh, I and, and I'm saying I, I was six three, two hundred thirty pounds. You can't coach size. You know, you can coach technique, you can coach uh, smarts, you can coach uh, cover two versus cover three versus cover four, rolling coverages. You can coach all of that, but you can't coach a guy that's 6'4", that has the ability to just throw it up and make a play. 
But going back to your UND days, what are some games or a game that you look like for me? I can always, people always go back to 1999 versus Penn State or 2000 versus Ohio State. You know, those are two big games that, you know, were on national TV, number two in the country, number six in the country, and we knocked them off. And uh, I had some pretty good games against them. Iowa, same thing. Uh, I can go back to the Iowa game in 2001. Uh, you know, I think it was eight catches, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Those are things that I go back to that people always bring up. But also I look back and say, man, I was on that day. Like what game do you go back to? You just really like hold on to it. Because I tell people this all the time, man. God gave you the ability to do some stuff and mm-hmm. and, and life is going to take stuff away from you. And you're too young to know this. And Sam, my producer, he know he knows nothing about movies. Uh, and if you ever want to watch this movie, go back and watch it. It was uh, Above the Rim. I don't know if you ever watched Above the Rim. It was with, like Tupac. Uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Martin uh, was his name. Uh, was his, uh, I forgot his last first name. But Martin is, is an actor. He was the main character in that. But it was Above the Rim. And it was a basketball movie. Uh, kind of a true story. It was about pick up basketball but a kid that was going to Georgetown. And the one thing the one guy in the movie said, like, hey, man, they can't take what we were. They can't take what we were. Because what had happened – to them after they won the state championship, he was basically saying, like, we did that. It's in history. And so nobody can take Penn State or Ohio State away from me. So for you, what's a game you go back to? you like, man, like, Garrett Mogg, I put my stamp on this game. Well, uh, let's see. Last year I thought one of my better one of my better games was against Missouri State. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew they were, they were a good team. I mean, they knew they were very athletic. Um, they had a lot of transfers from FBS teams on their team, and so I knew they were probably a little bit bigger, a little bit faster. But, I mean, there's guys like that in the FCS too. So um, that's a game. And then I think, I don't know, um, NDSU last year was a good one. But, uh, but what, was your, what was your stat line against that? What, what was your stat line for that one? For NDSU? Yeah. Uh. I honestly could not tell you, but I know it's got a <laughs> touchdown, probably 70, 60 yards. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you did something. So, uh, yeah. but, but that's, but looking at that, you know, like moving on now, you're going on to the pros. Um, I'm pretty sure like, you know, your, your faith has been a big driver in this because, you know, you, you mentioned that you had a preferred walk on the university of Minnesota and a lot of people, uh, they jump at the power five schools. Sometimes you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take my chance. I know I'm good enough to be there. Or they say, you know, what? I'm going to trust what's in my heart and I'm going to go to where I feel is the best for me. And for you, it was UND. Uh, yeah. But but talk about like that journey, like with your faith, with God, how you made that decision and how you had to kind of live and stand by it once you got there. Yeah, I mean, there was there were a lot of talks and a lot of prayers with God. I mean, a lot of talks with my family as well. Um yeah, and just throughout that whole process, I just felt like God wanted me to go to UND, mm-hmm. and He put me there for a reason, and it turned out to be amazing. I mean, I got, um, I met my fiance there, and okay, we're, exactly, we're about, to, we're about to get married uh, June eighteenth, actually, this year. So, congrats! Yeah, I mean, congrats. yeah thank you. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's yeah, definitely, God put me there for a reason, and I'll never forget it. And when PJ Fleck, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you got the you know letter and you got the offer, hey, we want you to come on as a preferred walk on. How hard was it to say no to PJ Fleck in the Minnesota in the University of Minnesota? It it was tough. I mean, because soon as I soon as I got the PWO from PJ Fleck, um, I mean, it was awesome. I was like, oh, this is 
the hometown college. Um, mm. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of thoughts, a lot of prayers and yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and clearly you made the right decision because you, you're headed yeah. to the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Now, uh, you know, you look at a lot of players who maybe choose power five and that's not the place for them and they end up transferring. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you made the right decision for you. Cause again, you look at Adam Thielen, you look at CJ ham and, 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 and those are just some of the small stories around this area. Uh, but that's one thing people forget is that, you have to make the decision for you. And so even with that, like now going to the NFL, uh, when when you got an opportunity or when the Minnesota Vikings called, was that a tough decision or no matter who else called you for the same type of offer to come into camp, come into rookie camp, was Minnesota going to be your number one choice regardless? I mean, yeah. I mean, having that call. So I got the call Wednesday to go mm -hmm. work out last Wednesday for the Vikings, and I just was – kind of in shock and just it was just <laughs> awesome to hear for that call and so yeah I had to work out Thursday and then signed on Thursday night yeah yeah no that's cool and who'd you who like who'd you work out for was it Kevin O'Connell and Keenan McCardell was it Quasi uh, yeah. Scouts uh it was the whole Vikings staff there okay pretty sure yeah and, yeah because I will say like you know I've done some workouts like I worked out for the Steelers so I got drafted by the Ravens in the fourth round played for the Ravens for three years and then from there <laughs> Had to uh, do a free agent deal where you go visit. I visited the Bears. I visited the Steelers, the Jets, and I end up signing with the Bears. But that's one thing I always remember is like, who was actually there for my workout? You know, like how serious yeah. were they? Uh, because if it wasn't Bill Cower, which I'm dating myself, um, or Lovey Smith, I'm like, they probably are just sending the scout in here to see what I am. And, and that's how I felt with the Steelers. The Steelers didn't have a ton of people in there for my workout. So I'm like, oh, this is just a feeler just to see in the bears. They kind of seem more serious. And that's why I knew I was going to get that. Like, Hey, here's what we want to offer you to come play for the bears. Um, but again, for you having Kevin O'Connell in there, Quasi in there, like going in there right away, how nervous were you? Or was it just like a, a like, Hey, I've been doing this my whole life. Honestly, I, I kind of felt a little bit more comfortable than the other. I had some rookie mini camps earlier and I worked out, with Tennessee before, but I felt mm -hmm. comfortable just because I knew I had a lot of connections there already. I mean, it was a 30 minute drive for me. So yep. <laughs> no, but it, it, it was, it was really, really cool and surreal. So. Yeah. And I think that's the thing God does. Like, you know, he always says, you know, give me your worries, give me your burdens, you know, trust in me and I'm the calm and you know, the whole, all those different parables and, and stories in the Bible um, I think that's yours. You know, that's one thing you can think about because a lot of guys walking, like you said, you walked in those other buildings and you kind of, you know, you didn't know what to expect. But, you know, walking mm -hmm. to the Vikings building, it felt like the right spot. And again, at 6'4", 210 pounds, 200 pounds, um, and you look at the rest of that roster, they don't really have a lot of receivers built like you or can do what you do. Um, have you already started to think about you know, fade routes, releases, and the things you need to do within this offense to kind of say, hey, this is how I can set myself apart from the rest of the group. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that sets myself apart from others is um, my ability to go up and get it. I mean, I love fade balls, love jump balls. Um, one, some things that I, that I notice I need to work on um, are getting in and out of breaks on yep. double moves and getting out of breaks efficiently. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I can give you any advice, this is what I'll tell you. When you guys, because you're at OTA, so it's not as, as competitive just yet. But when you get in a training camp and it's time for one-on-ones, especially red zone, <laughs> fades. Yep. Just run fade, Run fades <laughs> and slants. And this is why I say this. Everybody can't do 
and I and I talked to Reggie Wayne about this before the Colts played the Vikings, which was one of the most epic games ever. Uh, but Reggie Wayne and I were on the field before the game, and I was talking to him about like Justin Jefferson's releases off the line, and how Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, they're they're unicorns. The releases mm-hmm. they do are not for the normal human being. Um, and Reggie Wayne, I said, as a receivers coach, I'm like, are you coaching that type of stuff? Because you see it all the time on Instagram. Or are you coaching the stuff? Because I was Reggie's coach with the coach. I coached for the coach for two years as a receivers coach uh, under Clyde Christensen, who was offensive coordinator, and, and Tony Dungy was the coach one year, and then uh, Jim Caldwell was the coach the second year. But I, t- I asked Reggie that. I'm like, man, when we talk, when we coached y'all, it was basic stuff, basic releases. And he said, man, look, I'm not teaching <laughs> – all these guys, he said, I got, you know, he named all the receivers, Paris Campbell, so on and so forth, Michael uh, Pittman Jr. It's like, these guys can't release like that. He's like, I'm teaching them the stuff that I've been taught from, you know, the nineties. He's like, it doesn't change. So that's the one thing I'll tell you with your size. Don't try to be what you see Go mm-hmm. into that camp and do what you do, which is I'm six, four, I'm 210. Pounds. None of you guys are bigger and stronger than me. And none of you guys can jump with me and just do that. Like tell the quarterback, look, throw it up three steps and toss it up high. Let me go up and get it and prove what I can do. Because again, that's something that nobody else can offer to this team. Uh, but but here's another quick, two quick ones before we get out of here. I'm Ron Johnson's Garrett Mogg, newest Viking receiver. When you found out you were going to be, again, you already knew this, Justin Jefferson's teammate. At any point in your mind, did you say, I need to work on the gritty? Or have you already been doing the gritty? Or are you kind of like, look, I'm going to leave that to Justin? Yeah, I'm gonna leave that to Justin. I'm not much of a dancer. <laughs> but you're but this is it, you're about to get married though. So like what what's your what's your go-to what, first dance for the wedding? Is, like what's your man, I don't know. I gotta figure that out. <laughs> Cause I've been married for 17 years now. And right. I'll say that I still remember our first dance. I still remember dancing with my mom. Like mm-hmm. I remember her dancing with her dad. So that's what I will tell you. Like you gotta have that. You know, I remember the garter dance when I took her garter off and all that. Like you gotta have <laughs> the dance. Like whether you gotta go take a lesson, yeah. uh, whatever you gotta, you gotta have the dance because that's the thing that's gonna live on your videos that's and your true. pictures for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> that when your kids see this, at least they can say dad tried or dad was John Travolta, which you might not have seen that yeah. movie, Pulp Fiction. I don't know if you've seen Pulp Fiction, uh, but John yeah. Travolta's dance. And they're like, whatever it is, you got to figure it out with the wife and say, hey, look, this is I'm, I'm ready. This is why because I'm pretty sure your wife probably can dance a little bit. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, how did you guys like was she like when did you guys meet? Was she a student there? Like, did you guys meet in high school? We met, clearly you said so, you went to college and met her. So, yeah. So she's actually from Australia. Whoa. And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she went to the UND for basketball. Okay, so she's, so she's a hooper. Okay, yeah, she's a hooper, so she's yeah. way more athletic than you are. Got it. Okay. <laughs> she is. You know what? Though I'm not gonna do it because you're a receiver. So because receivers, I'm a receiver. We can hoop. Can you hoop? Oh yeah. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say six four <laughs> receiver. I'm like, you better be at a hoop because JJ. Oh, yeah. So when I interviewed JJ, um, I asked him, and you can go on. I think you can go on Twitter probably or Vikings Twitter or my Instagram. It's somewhere on there. But myself, Gabe, we sat down with Justin Jefferson for Verizon, and. uh and I, I don't know if you met Gabe Henderson yet, but we did an interview with Justin. And I always love the basketball talk with football players. And I asked Justin Jefferson to pick his five guys. He's going to go play. Because the I don't know if you've seen this on NFL Twitter, but NFL Twitter was doing like a, hey, if we had to suit up five on five, which NFL team wins a basketball game? And then which NFL team wins a track meet? And, of course, the Dolphins and the Eagles were saying yeah. track meet. 
<laughs> but Justin Jefferson stepped up and said, man, we're winning the basketball game. And I think it was like him. I have to go back on the video. But I, the one thing I'll never forget, which blew up on Twitter, he didn't pick Adam Thielen, his own boy, his own oh, teammate. Wow. He didn't even pick Adam Thielen in starting five. <laughs> but at 6'4", that's one thing, too. You got to show JJ, hey, look, I can hoop, yeah. man. But So your wife hoops. She's from Australia. She goes yeah. to UND to hoop. And then how, did, how does that interaction happen? Yeah, I mean, we met uh, end of freshman year beginning of sophomore year and then um i asked her to be my girlfriend okay and then after after we've been talking for a little while and then then i proposed last year july 2nd wow okay yeah so young and in love (laughs) so is she living in the u.s now full time like is her goal to be here are you going back to australia at some point like what's that plan look like so yeah her goal is to stay here she's in the process with uh all the visa stuff and um yeah so yeah so okay so but did you guys get a call from immigration though like is this a real marriage like I hope- <laughs> we actually we're in that process right now so we're gonna have to get like a lawyer and then they're gonna have to investigate us <laughs> wow because i mean I, again i'm a movie guy the proposal yeah. is a movie with uh forgot his name ryan reynolds and yep. sandra bullock yep you seen that one yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> Cause she was like Canadian or something, and it was her yeah. boss. He was she was the boss, and Ryan Reynolds had to marry kind of fake. And then they fell in love, like it was a yeah. fake marriage. But then he had like every other movie, every time it's fake, they end up really falling in love and blah blah. And uh, yeah, yeah. so that's the first, as soon as you said that, I'm like, it's the first movie I thought of. Like yeah. I, my whole life is movies. Like me and yeah. my wife, uh, when we were dating before we had kids, like that's literally we would go to dinner, we go to a movie. And then sometimes if we if it was early enough, like especially during training camp, we go to two movies. Like we would see back to back movies. Like I have probably over seven hundred DVDs, which that's to show you how old I am. I still have DVDs in my basement, <laughs> uh, seven hundred. Which at this point I gotta throw them away because nobody's really using you know, yeah. uh, uh, not VCR because I have a VCR too, and you probably don't even know what that is. Oh, uh, but that's <laughs> so you do know what it is, okay? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some Vikings players didn't know what a a, a, a a rotary phone was, which I'm guessing you must know what that is too. Then, yep, and a, a VCR. So we've done that cassette tapes. They didn't know, but yeah, I'm I'm that old uh, that you know my my highlights from college are on a VHS. So that's that shows how old I am. Like I just got some stuff converted to DVD uh, <laughs> that the Gopher, actually the Gophers and then the Vi- and then the Ravens, it sent me some DVDs. But I'm like, yeah, that's how old I am. They had to convert it to DVD because it was yeah. on like Hardline. This, this is really old. And I'll tell you this before I get out of here, before we get out of here. I'm Ron Johnson's Garrett Magnus, Locked On Sports, Minnesota. Um, you guys now have like iPads, your playbooks on an iPad. When I coach for the coach, and I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, we had to show the plays on a projector. Like it was that yep. film, the clear film, and we would draw on it. Yeah. That's how old it was back then, how technology is completely – like when I start coaching is when X's and O's first came out. Wow. Like where you can actually find yourself by putting the number in the play and all that. Like yeah, yeah I like to make a cut-up tape for Peyton Manning, I had to physically go through videos and like time stamp it, tell the video guys, cut a tape, and they put it on an actual VH. Like it was – absolute like nightmares now now coaching is easy these guys got easy with ipads um and then last one so you got your ipad now how much time uh have you really spent like looking at that and 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 again just kind of like man like this is kevin o'connell's offense i've seen this as a college player but now i'm in it uh how much time have you spent just looking at it and admiring you know what you're about to be involved in the next couple of weeks yeah honestly i'm as much as i can um 
not trying to do too much because I mean, if I look at it too much and my mind just starts going crazy, but uh, yeah, as much as I can diligently and efficiently um, just studying the playbook, drawing up plays, walking through them, uh, making note cards, quizzing myself. So, yeah. And if there's one thing you want Vikings fans to know about Garrett, what is that? Like what's one thing that you really want people to kind of hit home? It could be anything, but like, you know, Adam Thielen kind of had his thing. Justin Jefferson has his thing. What's Garrett. It could be off the field, on the field, whatever. I'm just going to try to give Minnesota my all. Give the Vikings my all. That's what I want to do. Well, I'm Ron Johnson as Garrett and I'm looking forward to it, man. I'll be at their training camp. I'll be there for all the, the, the preseason games, uh, you know, we do a little show out there during training camp as well with, with K-Fan Radio and, and Fox. So looking forward to meeting you eventually once we're out there because uh, I stay away as long as I can. I, I enjoy my summers off. I got yeah. two little girls. And so my time is with them in softball and traveling. Uh, but once we go to Colorado, I kind of did the math. Once I go to Colorado for softball, then I'm back and then training camp's kind of going to start. So then my head will be in the tape and be in front of the TV as much as possible. But I'm Ron Johnson's Garrett Mag. Coming up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each for myself and Sam. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned. Well, Sam, that was fun. For those that uh, want the, the the synopsis of what I got from uh, Garrett Mag, one, he loves Christ. He loves his new fiance from Australia. Funny story, Sam. I don't know if Sam's seen the movie. Uh, because I know I brought that up, you know, with, with Garrett or uh, yeah, with Garrett, like, had he seen that movie called the proposal? Sam, have you seen the proposal? Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Um, and is it Ryan Reynolds or Gosling? Reynolds, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So Garrett Mogg, you know, again, go back and listen to that. If you don't understand, uh, he's in the proposal situation. I was his, his fiance is from Australia and it's not a legal citizen to stay after she marries him. So that's funny that that actually happens that you literally have to get a lawyer and go through the whole proceedings to say i'm getting married i'm staying in the country and it's real like we've known each other since college so it's not some bs to just keep her in the country uh she's really my wife i really love her uh but it's crazy that you know that that still has to happen so i, I like it it kind of brought the whole sandra bullet maybe garrett Mark could have a reality show a reality show this off season uh as he tries to legalize his marriage because uh, we know we've seen those ones what is it uh first day bride or something or 30 90 day Bride, I don't know if you've ever seen that, Sam, where they, they, people meet for the first time and they have to get married in 90 days. Oh, Love is Blind. That love one? Is bl- stupidest thing ever. Stupidest <laughs> thing ever. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. But, um, no, that's not Garrett Mogg, but he he, he does uh, love his girlfriend. And then also the thing that sets him apart from the other receivers, go back and check that out. But this is size. And uh, I gave him some advice. We'll see if he takes it and uses it during mini camp and training camp. Uh, I think he could do it. At 6'4", 210. Not a lot of guys like him. But remember, uh, before we jump into this daily three, that's three questions. We're going to do one minute each today. Um, Sirius XM is a proud partner of Locked On. The Twins will try to bounce back against the Tampa Bay Rays tonight at 5.40 p.m. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown, bra- hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Well, Sam, it's time for the daily three. Like I said, short on time, so we're going to go one minute each. That's three questions, one minute each. Take it away. All right, yesterday at OTAs, they ended the practice with a little kicking session. I think it was six kicks each for Greg Joseph and the new rookie, Jack Podlesny from Georgia, and they were both perfect on their kicks. Ron, do you think we're going to see a kicking competition this preseason? I mean, if this wasn't Minnesota, I would say no. But this is Minnesota. 
Yes, we're going to have a kicking competition, Sam. Like, we're going to go all through minicamp, all through training camp. People are going to cheer when somebody makes a 50-yard or a 55-yard. They're going to keep backing up. Um, in the end, it's going to be Joseph. Uh, but it is going to be – I think I think a competition is necessary, though. Like, you cannot go into training camp not thinking, I got to be dialed in mentally with my kicks. I got to be dialed in men mentally with where I'm placing the ball, um, thinking every kick through – hash mark uh what's the win like all that stuff i think that's the key because a lot of kickers and punters talk about it's like golf you know you kind of got to know the win you got to know where you're aiming what's your angle uh what's your smash point all that stuff i, I think this is minnesota we have to have it now this is going to be the scary part we might get in a preseason a game the young rookie makes three for three greg jofus go one for three or some crap like that and then the media is going to pounce they are going to be all over him they're going to want his availability greg can we get greg joseph at the podium how do you feel about the fact that you've missed two kicks in this last game? Do you think this puts your job in jeopardy? Now, I hope it doesn't happen, but that's so Minnesota for it to happen with our kickers. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so last year they brought in a rookie named Gabe Burkich, and yep. they didn't even bring that guy to training camp. They cut him, I think, after OTAs because they just settled the competition there. Uh, so I'm curious to see if Jack Podlesny even makes it to training camp. If he does... Yeah. Maybe that means they like him a little bit and they want to see how, how he can do in some games. So I'm I'm leaving the door open there. I think mm -hmm. Joseph, he missed enough kicks last year where they might want to see what their options are. So I think, yes, I'm leaning toward, yes, there is a competition. So you're like Bruno Mars now with the kickers. You're going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open. If you have a, if you, yeah, Sam, you got to yeah. download that song. You yeah, no, I, I, I know the song. I love Bruno. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just movie. It's just movies that I don't know. Okay. Um, all right, all right, all right. So yesterday, the breaking news dropped during our show. Uh, Saudi Arabia has basically taken ownership of pro golf with Live mm -hmm. and PGA Tour merger. Uh, do you think that that their money could work its way into the NFL in any capacity, whether it's ownership or even trying to start a new league? Do, do you think that's an even remote possibility in football? Uh, anything's possible. Um, what I would say is maybe like their streaming rights. I don't know how they would do it. I don't know if maybe they just want to get into the NFL to stream it in Saudi Arabia. Uh, cause now Amazon can stream games. And so I know the NFL globally is always looking for partners. I don't, I don't know what that flight time looks like to get to Saudi Arabia. I don't think there's going to ever be a game there, but maybe a preseason, maybe I'm speaking too soon. Uh, maybe they fly like 16, half the league flies out there to do like a project jamboree practice i don't know um but anything's possible with money nowadays people are always trying to find ways to grow their brand uh but i don't i don't think they would allow like maybe a, a minority owner he comes in with a group that's going to be u.s based i don't think the nfl owners as a group of 32 uh would even want to consider an owner being from saudi arabia uh that could possibly move let alone canada they could possibly move the team out of the country and force them to have to spend more money figure out how to get teams over there blah blah yeah, I don't think they ever want to open up that can of worms just yet. But I do know globally, maybe they do a football camp or something or some kind of event in Saudi Arabia if those guys are willing to pay for those stars to come out there. Because clearly there's a market for it. I mean, these golfers are going out there. People are watching it. There's money there. I mean, the funny thing was I saw a tweet that said they can't believe uh, what Tiger Woods turned down $800 million and Roy McIlroy turned down $500 million. Like, And now you could have had that money and still been a part of the PGA. That's where it's like, oh, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah. That stings. That's a punch in the gut. Yep, I, I, I agree with you, Ron. I don't think it's an imminent threat. I just think that there's too many 
players on a football roster to consider like starting up a competing league, you would need to get so many people leave the NFL. And even then, um, I think it would be hard to, to really create a product that people would want to watch. I mean, the XFL. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. The XFL, USFL, like if they were to merge those two or something and say, can you come over here and play a couple of series games? I could see something like that. Maybe that league doing it just for the money purposes of it. But again, how many people are actually turning on these guys want stars. So, you know, people don't even watch it much of it in the U S so how many people are going to turn and watch XFL versus USFL out there in Saudi Arabia? Um, I I think the key is the stars. That's where the money's at. Mm -hmm. All right. Last one. Dalvin cook still in limbo with mandatory mini camp coming up next week. Do you think there's a chance that he will show up? Uh, I think there's a chance he'll show up. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's talking to his agent about if I don't show up, what's the fine? If it's something small, he's like, screw it, let's just pay it, I'm not going. Uh, If it's a big enough fine, he might show up and just do nothing. Because at the end of the day, both sides, I've seen this before, when you want to possibly trade a player, you're not sure what you're going to do, neither side wants that player hurt. The player doesn't want to be hurt, and the team doesn't want to be hurt. Because if Dalvin Hook gets gets hurt in minicamp, they can't trade him. And same with Dalvin Cook. He's like, if I get hurt, I can't go out and, 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 you know, audition for another team uh and talk to another team when i'm sitting up here in a boot because i hurt my ankle or my knee or something like that or i broke a finger um so i think both sides are going to be like you know kind of like Derek carr when they knew the 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 raiders knew they were going to trade Derek carr they sent them home they're like dude just leave the facility be done we know we're going to move on from you uh you're not going to be our quarterback anymore and he kind of said you know like i got out because i don't want to be a distraction i think it was more so like well we just want to get you out of here we don't want to get you hurt we don't even need you practicing anymore Let's just try to move on from this. So I, I think he might show up, but I don't think he's going to practice at all. I don't think he's going to do anything if he shows up. It's just going to be at a hoodie capacity standing around. Yeah, I'd, I'd honestly be a little surprised if we see Cook practice, Jefferson practice, or Hunter practice. I mean, I, right. I think that all three, if they're there, they're going to be in street clothes. I don't even know if Addison, I mean, you know, who knows what Addison decides mm-hmm. to do, if they, if they can get him back, um, you know, and right. feel good enough to put him in that scenario of everybody's here, you got to go. You know, maybe he sits out to training camp even, or, you know, maybe off season when we're not around and we can't see him moving and running. Uh, but yeah, no, and, and that's, I think that's the key to this team is what's the next move for these players. That's the, the good thing about the NFL. This can go all the way to training camp. Like this can go all the way to week two or three of the, of the preseason. So this might be a long summer saga, good for the media, uh, bad for the team chemistry because you don't know who your starting running back is going to be right now. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Action. We're going to thank you guys. Uh, we had Garrett Mogg on earlier. We're going to thank him for joining us on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment uh, and the Ron Johnson show. We thank for all the partners out there, SiriusXM, uh, Built Bar, uh, FanDuel for sure. And remember, people, iHeartMedia, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can just like, share, download, and make sure you subscribe. And you can go on YouTube. You just need an email address. Put your email address in YouTube. You have a YouTube account now. Hit the follow button. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. And then Amazon Fire and Roku, you can get our show right there on your TV. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. And our pretty faces will be right there. And you can see what Garrett Mogg looks like. If you're wondering what Garrett Mogg looks like because you heard his voice. I know when I was growing up, it was always cool to finally see the people I've heard on the radio and see what they look Mm -hmm. like. Just download the app on the TV and you can see his face as well. Uh, But again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Mexican. I want to thank you guys. Have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.